Hey, Storm Freaks, it's Phil, and this is part one of our three-part Tropical Storm training series. We have tropical chasing experts in the studio tonight in Brett Adair and Brandon Clement, and they're here to talk about how to prepare for documenting a tropical storm. Things started to go downhill as I was entering, you know, one mile east of Mexico Beach. We had a pretty much a condo came apart, flew over my truck. The roofing material was going everywhere, two by fours, plywood, you know, just basically when you get a pressure drop like that things can explode when they when they get wind underneath them they they look like an explosion but they're being ripped apart we've also got more and it's all on episode 171 of the stormfront freaks podcast going green greenage saddle you got a bus Welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast, and it's brought to you by the Drive Weather app, Drive Weather's interactive time slider. It updates the weather forecast along your route based on your departure time in real time. So you can have a safer trip by finding the best time to leave and avoid the bad weather. So add it to your phone at Drive Weather app. Dot com. Thanks to uh, all of our Patreon teammates. Love you guys. Uh, thanks for supporting us. Shout out to those that are joining us live. I know Josh, uh, Josh is uh, joining us here live on YouTube. Uh, we got our, our VIPs are in the studio tonight. Both uh, Angela and Dan are here. So glad they could both make it. You can also join our Patreon team. We've got multiple levels of perks and exclusive merch or... You can grab the last opening and become a hurricane-level VIP and join us and our guests in the studio for every recording. So you can find that Patreon link at stormfrontfreaks.com. And uh, thanks for joining and supporting us. Um, so let's go ahead. It's always happy hour when we record. It helps us to kind of introduce our co-hosts, find out uh, who's here tonight, puts a, a voice to the name. And lets you know we like to have a good time. So I'm going to go around the horn here. I'm going to start with uh, MJ up in Minnesota. He's getting a little snow tonight during our tropical storm training series. But uh, MJ, what are you what are you drinking? Uh, we're warming up tonight with some Kraken and Coke. Nice, nice, very good, very good. Jen Watson uh, down in Atlanta. What are you drinking? What what flavor water are you drinking tonight, Jen? <laughs> what flavor water? I've got some hot cocoa, guys. Um, okay. Oh. <laughs> I have I have to always do work after these recordings, unfortunately. But you've seen me drink, Phil. I can actually hey, drink some good. Tequila. I think you do your best work drunk, so you ought to give that a shot. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, we got uh, Brady Harris. He's actually right now. He's down in in Florida, cleaning up down in the Fort Myers area. But Brady, what are you what are you drinking? Yeah, I heard we we're doing the tropical storm thing, so I wanted to come down for the show. But tonight I'm drinking a Category One, and that was a uh, you know drink I named aptly for a hurricane that that came through here in in uh, Naples, Florida. It's a little bit of rum and a little bit of Canada Dry because that's the only mixer I could find in the house because everything else was gone. So, did 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 someone like come in in the home during the hurricane and no. vandalize and loot your it's house just, of all the mom. other drinks? She just got down and threw everything away. So you know that was the only thing. Got it. All right, Greg, you're you're getting a little snow up there in Canada. Greg, what, oh, what are you drinking to help God, you warm up? Uh, I've got uh, I call it a Tim Horton. 
this is uh, a Canadian whiskey, some uh, coffee liqueur, and uh, Coke to go along with it. And it's delicious, and it's keeping me warm, and it's, oh, my God, so cold. Minus, minus 20 Celsius up here right now. Why do you call it a Tim Horton? Ah, well, Tim Hortons is a coffee, coffee chain liqueur. here okay. in okay. Canada. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> you don't know Tim Hortons, Maz? I thought it was a steakhouse. Okay. No, yeah, it's no, not. What's that in Fahrenheit? I'm not really That's good with That's Morton's. Isn't that Morton's? Oh, yeah. Tim Hortons, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, Bob Jones. Sorry. All right. Maz in Cincinnati. What are you drinking, buddy? I've been drinking for a little while here. You have. I'm, I'm back to the Cincinnati. Instead of whiskey this time, I'm doing straight bourbon. And uh, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Cincinnati Distillery. Just letting you know. And, I've... and it's all their stuff is clear. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> oh, it's a little yellow. Okay, is we'll give you that. Green? I'll run it through again. We'll, <laughs> we'll get we'll give you that. All right, Maz. Watch. Uh, oh, hey, Greg. We forgot to ask you about. Oh. Uh, our little yeah. contest on the website. Yeah, listen, you guys may have noticed that we uh, revamped the website, and uh, uh, I put up a a poll: best beard in storm chasing. And we had six great storm chasers in the mix, uh, and uh, Josh Morgerman, who we're going to have on, I think next show, right, Phil? Next show, we're going to. That's have correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, Josh won best beard in storm chasing, and uh, so congratulations, Josh. Check out. Uh, stormfrontfreaks.com our next poll question which will be up this weekend is going to be if you could go back in time which uh, famous tornado event would you want to actually witness uh, for yourself so that'll be a fun mm. one to see uh, what people are going to say it's going to be a ton of fun we I need to that. we need to post uh, Josh's we should come up with some kind of virtual trophy for that uh, yeah because he'll he'll post that and all all his um i don't know if he's got a name for his followers that doesn't um who's 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 the who's the singer that Swifties. just like broke Ticketmaster? swifties taylor swift yeah swifties, uh, oh, yeah. swifties that's what they're called mm. I, josh morgerman <laughs> has some morgerman How about duties I, I, mean, I don't know what you call them <laughs> but anyway, all right, moving on, Maz, back to you. Let's get to our guests. Awesome. We've got Brett Adair and Brandon Clement. Brett is an Alabama-born and raised meteorologist. Upon graduating from Mississippi State University, Brett quickly launched his career back in 2016 with Weather Nation TV as a field meteorologist tracking dangerous storms. He is also a business owner and operates Live Storms Media, a brokerage firm for professional videographers and storm chasers around the world. And Brandon Clement, I almost said Brandon Clement Stone, not sure why, but the, the world's <laughs> leading independent weather videographer over the past five years, Brandon Clement has been storm chasing and documenting natural disasters for more than 20 years. Now catch this, wow. his videos have been seen by billions with a B globally. He resides in Mississippi, but travels the globe covering weather and other events. And it, it's awesome. I, I'm excited. I want to ask you first question, Brandon. So when you're, when you're getting ready to go and you're like, do you have a, do you have a list? You're like, let's see, I need toothbrush. What are you, what are you packing? How are you getting ready? So I've got, to, I've got go bags set up for most situations. Um, I've got a, a room in my house. It's got nothing but but gear and different bags and setups, so I can just grab them. Sounds like if you had, like if you had a pregnant wife or something, right? And you had yeah, those yeah. Go bags to... 
hit the hospital. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's great. I'm just waiting. For, I'm waiting to name the name the storm and, and go after it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so what's in your go bag? Uh, it depends what I'm going after. If it's a, a hurricane, um, I, I've always got my drone kits, but I, I switch out what drones I use in different situations, and uh, I've got different lighting setups and. Uh, I always keep mostly the same cameras uh, that I can just grab my camera bag. That's good for everything. Um, then I have for hurricanes, I'll have uh, some supplies, some foods and stuff like that. And uh, if I go for wildfires, I have a bag that's got all my fire gear. So I mean, it's, it volcanoes. I've got respirators and masks and just different setups for everything. Talk, talk about the hurricane bag though. What's um, so, so you mentioned different drones, you mentioned food snack. Get, get specific to help someone who's thinking, "Hey, I this is something I might want to do," or or the person that's been chasing, you know, tornadoes and and supercells, but now they're thinking of doing a hurricane. Kind of help them think about, "Hey, here's the things you really need to pack and think about." Yeah, it's it's a com- completely different world between uh, tornadoes and hurricanes. You're talking normally three days of access to nothing. So think about everything you would need over a three-day period and then think about everything you would need over a three-day period in total chaos. And that's what you pack for a hurricane. So I'm looking for, uh, to save room, I'm just looking for calories like cliff bars, um, water, I basically just water. Sometimes I'll bring some uh, some coffee drinks if I want some coffee, or, but, but mostly it's just water is my main thing. And um, yeah, it's not a lot of variety, not a good menu, but it's just what gets you through. Uh, as far as as far as gear and equipment, uh, I need gear that or, or drones that'll stand up to higher winds. I need uh, multiple cameras because you're dealing with a lot of water and you're just going to go ahead and expect one to fail. Um, tires are a big thing for hurricanes. Uh, gas is a big thing for hurricanes. So I like to have 40, 50 gallons of gas, and I like to have a full size spare, a regular spare. Um, keep electric jack and drill in the car and tire patching kits because when you're running over all that debris you're going to get you're going to get holes and if you get a flat you're dead in the water any time lapse gear any time lapse yeah i keep the time lapse gear in buffalo (laughs) (laughs) now now brandon so you said three days when you when you typically go to chase hurricanes are you planning on like staying after it's over is is that why you pack that much gear i guess would you ever pack one day and then get out or is it most of the time you can't get out or well it depends i mean every hurricane is different you're going down for a, a, a fast moving cat one or a stalled out cat three like sally there's big differences there uh so you need to be prepared for just about anything uh so i like to have three-day supply no matter what i'm usually hanging around after i cover the damage i would like to do stories for people we like to uh to, to really immerse ourselves in, in, in the community afterwards. So, um, you know, I've stayed in Puerto Rico after Maria for almost a month. So you just have to be ready to, um, adapt and be resourceful and not be, not be stressed out. Um, you just got to go with the flow and, and understand how to work things and problem solve. But, um, uh, for the first, you know, three day period, you want to be completely self-sufficient. Hey, I have a question uh, that I'd like to address. Like forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to address a question to Brett uh, for a minute. Uh, 
when you are preparing for a hurricane in South Florida, for example, or the, anywhere really in the Gulf Coast of the United States, that's one thing. But a hurricane hitting, you know, a third world, world country, you know, uh, a small island in the Caribbean or something like that. Obviously, that's a completely different animal. What do you do differently in that environment versus something on U.S. soil? It's funny you ask that, Greg, because we've actually done that this year already. Brandon and I did that together on Puerto Rico during Fiona. And then Brandon uh, ended up hopping down to uh, Cuba before Ian made its way across Cuba. So there are very real challenges, um, and they're, they're very different. We're going to go in typically on a U.S. landfall. We're prepping. We're going multiple days ahead of time. Um, got a really good idea of the forecast, but we also know that we're not, you know, we can't forecast everything to a T. So we're prepared if we have to move at some point. So that's part of it. But um, when it comes to places that are not attached to lower 48, basically we go in several days in advance. And sometimes it's a big risk. We can spend a lot of money going to these areas that we think are going to get hit, but we don't necessarily know 100% because we want to get down there three or four days in advance so that we can meet people, make connections and contacts and, you know, have things lined up. We do things a little bit differently than most traditional storm chasers. Typically we're, when we're on a storm three days before landfall, landfall, and you know, it's no, it's, it's not a slouch for us to stay there at least seven days after landfall and assist and get stories because I'm telling you such as Ian, uh, one of the biggest things about Southwest Florida when they were just devastated was the people wanted to talk. It was traumatic and they felt like that they were getting a release talking to someone. So, you know, we're carrying extra water for people that we may come across that don't have anything left. So we're, we're also supplying, we're trying to supply needs. We're working with several different groups um, to help those impacted people in those zones um here on the u.s soil or abroad if we can so it's it's very very challenging so i've got a question for both of you um just because you guys have both you know chased tropical storms what's the one thing that you pack that surprises people and then what's the one thing like do you have a good luck charm or is there something that's like personal to you that you're just like you know what i bring it on every single chase stuffed animal yeah, so <laughs> right, we'll go with you first. Oh, man, that's tough um, because <laughs> he and I think a lot alike, except for, you know, Buffalo, where I brought nothing. I expected to go right back home after a one day meeting. But, you know, I'm, I'm here <laughs> with no clothes or anything else. But, um, you know, typically I mean, we take three or four good of video, things. Brett, by the way. <laughs> it does. It does. And, and, it, and I feel like it's almost made for me getting the flu. That's the reason my drink of choice tonight is black coffee. So oh, I'm wow. sitting here trying to get rid of, yeah, I've got, got some kind of gunk flying over from JFK last night. Mm. But, um, you know, my daughter gave me this little squid and it turns inside out. It's either black when it's mad or it's gray when it's happy. And a lot of times when I'm out, I'll throw that thing on the dash until things get active. And if we've had a successful trip, I'll flip it over and leave it on the dash until I get home. <laughs> And we run the live stream, and she just, squirrel. yeah, she she thinks it's the coolest thing ever. So, 
Uh, it, just little stuff like that. I mean, you, you've got to have um, some sort of positivity, let's say that, because a lot of times we go in there and we see a lot of bad stuff because we're staying after the fact. So we put ourselves in that position a lot of times, but you've got to have some sort of uh, light shed so that you can keep your morale up. And, um, you know, little things like that will definitely help. I love that. Brandon, what about you? Oh, uh, let's see. I had this shaman give me this special. No, not really. I, I, <laughs> I If it doesn't have three uses for me, I don't want it. Um, I've got so much gear and stuff around already that it's just uh, – it's it's hard to keep up with. I um, typical tactical Brandon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> is there something that surprises answer, people? But, um, is there something that like? And what was the, what was the other part of the question? Is there something or what's the one thing that surprises people that like you you need to bring? Like remember to bring deodorant or like trash bags or like <laughs> that's surprising. Bring deodorant. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't okay. know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. Um, Hurricane Ian went to Cuba, and in my bag I had U.S. dollars, pesos, and euros, and I keep cash, but I keep cash in multiple currencies. And um, when we got to Cuba, we had to get the Cuban money, and at one point in four hours, I spent five different currencies. So, um, wow. yeah, it was, and it was out of necessity, not as a game. So. Um, so that was, that was one of those times where it was like, yeah, this stuff comes in handy. Um, those euros have been in my bag for, you know, three years. That's actually so, really smart. Never know when you need them. So, so Brandon, um, is there something, uh, that you see repeatedly? Cause I'm sure you've seen over your career doing this. Uh, you've seen lots of people that are like, I'm going to go chase a hurricane. I've been I've been in Tornado Alley and I'm going to go chase a hurricane and I'm going to go drive and I'm going to go put myself in that position. What's the one like if there if you could pinpoint one thing that everybody's doing wrong, one thing that like is as like underprepared, not ready for that environment. Brett, I can see it in your face right now. You're like, I got the thing. I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do anything because I'm going to mention some names and that's probably not going to be a good thing. Um, Brandon, I mean, I think just, there's some young kids that are out there that are up and comers. Um, and they just really don't understand when you, when you tornado chase many times, well, you know, more often than not, Greg, and you know this from being out in the plane so much, you know, those tornadoes out there may not, hit anything we may see a lot of tornadoes in the field in the eastern plains of colorado and then later that night you know we're going to have a state dinner at 10 o'clock wherever right 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 right. well it's not like that with a hurricane your steak dinner might be over for a couple of weeks especially if you go to fort myers beach or sanibel island or pine island or you know any of those things i know some people who were stuck on a bridge out there and Mm -hmm. almost cost themselves and literally i think that may have been hurricane number two so we have we have a growing problem so so me let me say this i'm not going to advocate for hurricane chasing it's becoming super saturated and i think brandon can agree that's something that we're we're getting more concerned of even in nicole i had a conga line of like 15 cars with spotter dots literally right behind me you know when i'm trying to get to a place for a shot 
And then also trying to keep myself out of a potential bad situation as an eye is coming in. And, you know, it, it's, it's becoming a thing where, you know, eventually things catch up to you, the mistakes and the oversights, they will catch up to you. I mean, what's the biggest me oversight? Wrong. What's the biggest oversight? What are people doing wrong? Brandon. <laughs> Lack of experience. Uh, they don't know the areas. So uh, my first hurricane was Hurricane Opal at 95. And I don't want to talk down on people because if, if they want to go chase a hurricane, by all means, go chase it. Do what you want to do. Uh, but what I see from a distance looking on, it's like, okay, this is going to get some people in trouble, is running down into surge-prone areas, not understanding how the water works, particularly in, in places like Louisiana or Great Bend of Florida, uh, where you've got large swaths of low-lying swampy area, and uh, it's very complex the way the water works in those situations. And even the most experienced people only have an idea of what's going to happen. And I've seen people put themselves in harm's way there. Um, I, I was one chaser that I think had to be rescued in Louisiana doing something really dumb behind, you know, uh, Levy C. Same, same, same guy in Florida. Same guy in Florida. Yeah, he, he also had to get rescued in the surge in Florida as well. So, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just wasting resources, and that's not right. Um, but for the most part, you know, it, it, people are putting themselves in danger. That's that's their prerogative. But um, if there's one thing I think they should learn is uh, the way some of these surges work where you're not expecting them to, especially in the you know, bays and inlets and swamp, swamp mm-hmm. areas where that water won't back up and – you're not on the ocean front and you're not expecting to see a 12, 14, 15 foot surge. And those happen. That that actually brings up a really good point. Like how do you learn that? How do you get that knowledge? Cause quite frankly, I'm down here in in Naples, Florida where surge just hit and there's two houses across the street where there was no water. And I have no idea. Like how do you, is, is there some sort of resource that people can learn or, or figure out how a surge will work in a localized area? people can look at before they would go and actually chase one of these systems. You know, there's one thing that can get you all the knowledge that you need. Well, there's a couple. One, we talked about going down in advance, and that's exactly why we do that. We go down in advance. We touch place. We touch base with, you know, law enforcement, emergency managers, uh, several people within the weather service. And we also look at the surge maps. So we've got an idea if we're dealing with a cat one, you know, the search maps are pretty detailed now, and that's great. But the second thing is experience. Experience tops everything. So there's a guy in western Florida that, you know, is probably one of the most prominent hurricane chasers out there now, and that's Jim Eds. I can call Jim Eds, and Jim Eds can just about tell me anything about any stretch of coastline where a major hurricane is hit in the United States. So having those type of resources available um, I mean, Jim didn't know me from Adam many, many years ago and was like, you know, I, I'll share the ropes. We'll, uh, Jonathan in the background, um, <laughs> we will, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll help you out any way we can because he doesn't want to see anybody get hurt. And, and that's important too. But, um, you know, back to the, to the topic of, of what to do and what not to do is, you know, like Brandon and I, we, we definitely have a job to do when we go down there along with the humanitarian type efforts. Um, I'm afraid that with some of the stuff that's going on, some of these people, I almost wonder if we don't need a, a class like a spotter class that is geared toward hurricanes and not necessarily chasing them, 
But if you are going to choose to live in a hurricane zone or if you want to attend a tropical conference, you know, some of the dudes that don't show where those resources are, because for a lot of people in general public, they're not that easy to find. I mean, let's be honest, this this is everyone's got to start somewhere like you don't just naturally start with experience and you guys started at one point, but. You, you talk a little bit about a spotter. Well, obviously the challenge that's always going to be there is usually in a, a hurricane or tropical storm area, they're evacuating, right? So they're not like, no one's going to necessarily teach, okay, what to do if you decide to stay, although they, they kind of should, right? But, but they're probably not going to do that, which is kind of a little bit of what we're trying to do here tonight is go, okay, right. if you're going to do this. Here's what you need to plan for and prepare for. So I caught from both you guys talking about storm surge. So that sounds like that's a big one. Would you agree that that just you got to know yeah. storm surge and, and where you're at and where the maps are and, and what that's going to be? So tell me when you guys are heading down, what are some of the things you're scouting for to prepare you for when landfall happens? So, uh, Brandon, start with you. Uh, I really don't have to do a whole lot of scouting anymore. I have covered every inch from, uh, Brownsville, Texas to, um, outer banks and really just know the areas. I've been there so many times, uh, cause it's not just hurricanes. It's also, it's also tropical storms and, uh, sometimes, you know, extra tropical or subtropical. So I've just been to those areas a lot. But what I what I what I look for if I'm going to a new area, I'm looking for high ground roads with multiple escape exits. That way, if a tree falls behind me, I've got more than one way out. Um, I'm looking for fallback fallback points, emergency fallback points like a, 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 a garage or a high ground parking parking deck or a secure bridge where I can get up at least at least give me some protection from from surge. Um, I also really understand the way surge works with the winds. And if you don't know that you're in trouble because it can go from, Hey, the surge isn't nearly as bad as we thought to 15 feet of water really fast. And just because it's not coming in where you're standing, doesn't mean it's not two feet lower back behind you and you get trapped. So that's, that's probably the biggest thing that, that I'm looking for with, with, uh, with scouting. What what about what about you, Brett? Like when you're starting off, you know what what are you wanting to know about your area when you get there? So so Brandon opened a soapbox there, and I'll tell you, and and this is the reason for that. So I'm a very passionate when it comes to the storm surge and the tropical stuff because guess what? All of us are susceptible. I got caught in surge, and Michael lost a vehicle, lost a lot of equipment, and was. You know, I was not reachable for a long period of time. Matter of fact, the media outlet reported I was dead. So my family at home got to hear that I was dead. Now, I don't know if that was because I had a live stream going from the truck and everybody saw me leave. So I had a 25-year vetted meteorologist giving me information in the studio. And the problem with that is it's when they're on air, they don't necessarily see your location up to the second. And when it comes to a landfalling category five hurricane, like Brandon said, 
Winds perpendicular to the coast, when it shifts perpendicular, which can happen in a matter of seconds, the water's coming, and it's going to come with it, especially when you've got an area like the Gulf of Mexico, concave-type coastline, water drives in. So again, it's dangerous even for the most professional people that are out there, and myself included. I'm not going to discount that. So I'm going down doing extra work for sure now um brandon's very knowledgeable about this too we typically are, are near the same place or in the same general vicinity when we talk and you know coordinate these systems um because look uh, that's also a thing you need to have somebody who knows where you're at if something bad happens so that they know where to come look for you and one thing that i have purchased jen this goes back to what you said a little bit ago one thing that is something that I will always have is I now have a satellite GPS with me that will broadcast if I lose all cell signal because I lost cell signal. I had to climb on the A-frame of a home that was in the middle of Highway 98 that was surged out. And I was able to get two phone calls out. I was able to get one out to my boss and say, I'm not dead. Click. And then I called my family and I told them I'm not dead. They're all crying because someone has reported that I have died. So you got to also think about the other people in your life that are being impacted by what you're doing too. So again, you you just be smart. And and now you've got to have a backup plan for a backup plan for a backup plan. Just like we have, you know, a piece of equipment for a piece of equipment for a piece of equipment. Fake news, Brett. You're not dead. (laughs) Hey, I'll tell you what, if you live anywhere, a tropical storm can affect you and your home or floods, high winds, doesn't matter. Don't let the next storm catch you unprepared. So whether your home is wood, it's concrete or brick, we trust and recommend windstorm products for all of the hurricane hardware you need for your storm shutters. Uh, They even have some great barriers for flooding for your doors all kinds of great stuff Uh, windstorm products they are the world's largest online distributor of hurricane hardware and shutter installation tools they even offer a five dollar flat rate shipping to all states so just visit windstormproducts.com now for your one-stop hurricane hardware shop they are the official supplier of the stormfront freaks podcast so hey i think we're uh we're gonna take a quick break here and we're gonna be right back with the guys talking more about preparation hey y'all this is jen founder of the girls who chase initiative our mission is to inspire empower and equip girls and women to pursue storms the weather and their passions And we do that by elevating the voices and stories of female and female-identified storm chasers, weather experts, and meteorologists through photos, videos, and interviews. I'm excited to share with you a new segment only for the Stormfront Freaks podcast that we're calling The Voice of Girls Who Chase. In each segment, we'll bring you the very authentic thought processes and learnings of women who have chosen to make storm chasing and meteorology their passion, and in many cases, their career with a theme takeaway we can all benefit from. So without further ado, here's the voice of Girls Who Chase with Storm Chasers Melanie Metz, Jennifer Brindley-Ubel, and Sarah Alsayeg. And this segment's theme is on doing what you love. I definitely love to inspire other women, but it honestly was never like in my head. It wasn't something I was striving to do. In the end, it was just following my own passion and my own dreams along with another woman that we just happened to connect and really get along well. 
we ended up together just paving the way for other women into the storm chasing world. And that's something that really makes me feel emotional when I hear people telling me about how I impacted them just by being out there and doing what I love. Just reminds me that, you know, um, you never know who else you're impacting her, who you're affecting in the world around you. So just follow, just follow your path and follow your dreams. And just by doing that, you're going to set an example for other people and help other people to find their way as well. I like to say the eight, nine, 10 hours you're working at your daily, your day job that you don't love or that won't get you where you want to go. If you just take all those hours of work and put them toward the thing you want instead, then your wildest dreams are going to come true because you're powerful and you're just going to watch your life unfold in the way you want it to unfold for you. You're capable of that. We are all so powerful. I think we just forget to tap into that power. We're limitless. It's really true. I was like, I hope all young girls see this because I want them to know if you didn't enough something, you just have to do it, regardless what people say, regardless what, you know, society says. This is not a thing a woman would do, but you need to know that you can do it. If you want to do it, you can do it. So I just want to spread that message to everyone. Thanks for listening to the voice of Girls Who Chase, only for the Stormfront Freaks podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the Girls Who Chase initiative, please go to our website at girlswhochase.com or check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Girls Who Chase. We'll see you next time. Now, back to the show. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are talking preparation for a tropical storm, documenting that. What do we need to be thinking about? What do we need to be doing and preparing for um, with Brett and Brandon? Um, Greg, you got a follow up question, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brett, before the break, you had mentioned you talked about your your situation personally with Michael, where you got kind of caught off guard. And I think it was well documented that Michael was one of those hurricanes with I mean, it was what category one or two or something. And, and it, within a, a, a very short period of time, 12 hours, I mean, that thing went from like category two to category five and it became this monstrous beast. And you who like, you know, admittedly probably one of the, the best hurricane chasers on the planet got caught off guard. It happens quick. Tell us about that experience and how you prepare for that eventual moment where you're in that personally bad spot that you never hope to ever be? You know, great question because um, it's something that I've talked pretty heavily about. And here's the thing, when you're in the field and you're actively on the ground, um, 
God love them. There's meteorologists in the studio and they're fantastic at what they do. Sometimes they have too much to do. And, uh, you know, Brandon got the phone call, just like I got the phone call about going to Mexico beach. And, um, you know, uh, Brandon declined, um, wisely. <laughs> and I was in, you know, Port St. Joe and things were starting to go downhill. Well, in Port St. Joe, there was a hospital that was in an elevation of about 24 feet there, a couple blocks inland that I could have went to. Well, I got a phone call and was, why are you not, why are you not the eye? Why are you not, why are you not going for the eye? And I'm like, I don't, don't have time. I don't, I don't have time. I'm looking at the radar. I don't have time. Well, I trusted that judgment. We've been working together for a very, very long time. And I went to the eye or went toward the eye. And um, things started to go downhill as I was entering, you know, one mile east of Mexico Beach. We had a pretty much a condo came apart, flew over my truck. The roofing material was going everywhere, two by fours, plywood, you know, just basically when you get a pressure drop like that, things can explode when they when they get wind underneath them. They, they look like an explosion, but they're being ripped apart. Well, you know, guys on the phone with me, he's like, you need to get you need to get up on a hill. Well, there's no hill because Mexico Beach was the one place that did not have um, anything really elevated, like a parking garage. Uh, you know, Panama City, those areas, Fort Walton, Destin, they have those type of structures. There were even a couple over, I believe, Apalachicola. But that area right there in between um, Panama City and Apalachicola, not a lot there. It was it was a community. It was community. It wasn't really a commercialized area, you know, with condos or anything. It was homes. It was homes. Well, continued that way, and then the surge came in, you know, and, and the thought was that the surge isn't going to last long. Which, uh, well, yeah, if we had a you know twenty mile per hour moving hurricane at landfall at that point, but that was also maximizing its strength. And upon you know that happening. And the surge just started to come in, and I had a guy, literally the guy that was driving with me that worked for me. This guy's about six foot eight and about four seventy five. <laughs> so, wow. when I get out of the truck, water is ankle deep. We pulled back up beside one of the homes and pulled up to a little retaining wall, and. You know, I'm worried about my guy. I'm not worried about me. I'm worried about him because I'm like, this guy's big. Can he get on top of this truck to jump this wall? Because we've got to get up some elevation somewhere. Um, so because I knew at that point with the surge coming in as fast as it did, by the time I got out of the truck fully and walked to the rear of it, water was chest deep. So I knew I had to get up and get out as quick as possible. And by doing that, I mean, I, look, you, you got to think on the fly. Or not even not think very much because if you overthink, if you get scared, being scared is the number one thing that will kill you. If you have any fear, stop now, get out before it ever shows up. Because if you have any kind of fear of what you're going to face, you're dead before you get there, in my opinion. Because I, I watched that from some people. And, you know, we, uh, one thing that's awesome about today's age, I was running a live stream. We're seeing houses ripped apart, and somehow this live stream on my dash is still going out and broadcasting. To this day, I cannot understand how I was able to watch that in real time, thinking, what what plan is he on? Like, who's his <laughs> provider? 
So, so the funny thing about that is, is I had a live view and I had a bonded connection in there. I only had two cell signals and we were trying to run lower bandwidth because that wasn't a great area. The only reason it ever stopped, there were two reasons. One is because water got in the truck and shorted everything out. But the other reason was there was a Verizon tower near us and the fiber line got cut when the water tower failed. Oh. Which was literally like two blocks over where that water tower fell from where I was I was at. And so on the live stream, homeowners of the yard that we pulled into had evacuated to Pensacola and were watching the feed. Oh. So word got word got to us, hey, kick the window out, whatever you gotta do, the door should be open, break it open. We've got a refrigerator, we've got a dryer, we've got a washer, you can get clean clothes. Little did they know that their refrigerator floated in front of me on the live stream when it blew the bottom side of the house out. They watched it live as the refrigerator was going down Highway 90 into Mexico Beach. Um, but we were able to get inside the structure, and literally it was a little shotgun house built in the, I think it was 1920. And literally you're looking at all four walls of the house. you got a bathroom, you got a kitchen, and you got a bedroom. But you can see in every corner where the roof's attached. We watched the walls flex and the roof try to peel off for three hours at the height of that storm, kind of sitting there. I documented a lot of it till my cell phone, you know, was about to die because I knew I had to like stop because if, if we ever got out, I had to have a form of communication. So we rode it out, it passed us. And one thing we take is gas. So after it passed, the sheriffs came by. We started doing search and rescue, checking all the homes, because there were a lot of people that stayed. And a lot of those houses were really torn up. Well, we started checking places with the sheriff's department there. There were three officers. And then we had a guy come by on a UTV. And we had five gas cans strapped to the roof of the truck. So we bartered gas for a ride out. The weirdest thing ever. We met a guy there that owned a little place called the Fish House, and he had a FSU fiber line piped to his one single house there. So I was able to get there, get footage up, and get in contact with everybody. And you know, sadly, a couple of weeks later, we went down to check on him and see how his business was going. He's cleaning his business out, had a heart attack, died. Oh my God. So that one's personal. That was very, very, very personal. Um, from the people, like like what we talked about, the people that you meet, those connections that you make. I mean, we still have people down there, Brandon does as well, that we talk to all the time. We go through there all the time to support the businesses and, and go see them to see how they're doing because, you know, they're like, you guys, you guys stuck with us and you stayed down here and you came back. You didn't, you didn't leave, you came back. That's where they had a big problem with people coming in and leaving. But we went back multiple times. So again, lifelong friendships there too. What what brand? I want to find out, Brandon. When you so you guys have been talking about um, you know traveling and, and kind of when you hit your target, when you get to your target location. I I want to know kind of what in your head. What are what's one of the first or some of the first places you want to get to? You know, because when you're chasing a, a severe supercell storm. Uh, tornado, something like that. You, you're you're picking a target, and then you're going. And you're hanging out at the gas station, right, and or fast food place or something. But 
when when you're going to go chase a hurricane and you're getting there in advance and you kind of know where it's going to be Brandon what what are you look what, like what, what's one of the first places you're stopping at or a couple of the first places you're going to stop I, I almost never stop I uh constantly moving constantly checking different areas always want to know um what's behind me what's in front of me what's around me and I'll, and I'll be back at the same places repeatedly just constantly checking them out but what i'm looking for is mass chaos the, the more chaos the better for me um i just want um if the world's crumbling i want to i want to watch it uh i know it sounds demented that way but uh, i want to be there i want to document it that's that's what i'm looking for uh, obviously i'm not hoping for anybody to to be hurt or property to be damaged, stuff like that. But when it's going on, I want to be in the middle of it. I want to be in, in the so what do, you, what do you mean by chaos when you're looking for chaos? It depends on the storm. Every storm's different. So this last storm, Nicole coming down, um, Jonathan and I, Jonathan actually identified the, the spot first on uh, in Daytona Beach where the, where the houses were, the erosion was coming against the houses. And as soon as we got out there, we're like, okay, this is going to be the story of the hurricane. We knew it. Unfortunately, the spot where it was was backed up to the ocean. The power was cut off. Driving rain in with surge coming in. There was no way to 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 be able to document it. Not even with a with a surge cam. I even called Brett. I was like, "Do you have any cam possibilities where we set up a light or something to get these houses falling in the water as, as the waves are coming up?" Um, so we knew we knew that was that was going to be the most chaos. But we also knew we couldn't be there. There was no way to actually see it. You could have sat in the front of the house and watched the front door, never known the back of the house fell into the ocean. Um, so we went down just, just where the max winds were and, and came back up and, and just driving around. Um, but it's completely different for say a cat five or cat four that's moving in, uh, Harvey, um, sitting in my car in the middle of the highway doing a live stream for, I think it was like six hours of, of cat three or higher winds. And, and that was chaos. That was just sitting right in the middle of the chaos. Uh, I did a lot of scouting though, knew I had, the, the different wind wind directions coming coming at me down that highway. I didn't have a whole lot of debris that could be thrown at me, uh, but I had chaos happening all the way around me. And you know that's in my little my little heaven at that point. Where were uh, you in Harvey, uh, Brandon? Where where did you uh, catch the landfall for that one? So I was in Rockport, uh, parked right out in the middle of the highway. All the video that you see from Hurricane Harvey in the eyewall is either from me or of me because I was the only lights and, and I had lights wrapped all around my car lit up and every only thing anybody could shoot was my car because it was the only light. <laughs> so it was, uh, I was like right in the middle of the highway and just, just bringing it on. And of course then nobody had ever really set out in the middle of high end cat fours in a car. I know several people have done it since, uh, but you know, even in places where I wouldn't do it now, but but yeah, so I, it just depends. Every every storm's a little different. You got to find find what the impact's going to be for that storm. And so what, what's the, what's the trick in that case? Are you are you nosing into the wind? Is that the idea? Yes. Yeah. Keep keep those cars. So if you if your car is, is can go 140 down the interstate, not flip from wind, it can sit in a hurricane at 140. But it better be <laughs> right on the nose, or, or you're in trouble. Right, right. Because uh, you get sideswiped when you're sitting out there all isolated by yourself. That car's just gonna go rolling. So I have one more quick question for both of you, and you guys can answer this pretty quickly. But when it comes to like someone who's new to chasing, yeah, maybe they're you know a degreed meteorologist, maybe not. 
what resources, like what are your top five weather resources you use for forecasting or even for, you know, to talk to other storm spotters? Um, you know, what should they do to make sure they're all set and ready to go? Brandon's favorites, updraft elicity tracks. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, for, for, for hurricanes, really all, all forecasts, I try not to listen to any. Um, if I listen to everybody else's forecast, it's bias on my forecast. So I, it's all just, I try and make it white noise and just tune it out. Um, I look at different models, different indicators, um, based on location on where it's happening. I've been through that more than likely I've been through that storm, that situation before, or very close to it and have a pretty good idea what's going to happen. And where national weather service or your meteorology uh, media outlets, they're all looking at a bigger picture. I'm trying to find little spots inside there where it's, everything's maximized. So it's it's just a completely different world of forecasting. And I, again, if I listen to National Weather Service and National Hurricane Center, then uh, it's just bias on me. And I'm, I'm looking at their impacts from a broader perspective when I'm looking at tiny things. Now that makes sense. Brett, what about you? Well, I mean, on a generalized forecast, you know, situation, the first thing that, that I'm going to do is I'm going to look at, you know, I'm going to pull water vapor and upper levels, looking at the basically the charts that are derived off the soundings or the soundings themselves, because you want to see, especially with the tropics, the biggest thing you want to see is steering environment, which is basically you want to see, you know, high pressure in the upper levels that can allow this storm to organize and lower levels and vent. And then, you know, the sea, we want to look at sea surface temperature depth. So while you love to see those SSTs, you know, really high on the surface, you want to see some depth with those if you're trying to, you know, look for an intensifying potential storm or something really major. So those are the things that you kind of start with and then just kind of go by the model. Because if a model doesn't initialize correctly, it's worthless. It's completely worthless. Scrap it, throw it out. Um, and then also, once the storm gets close enough, radar's your best friend. Watch those wobbles. I mean, you know, that's that's important. That's the reason we we have outfitted vehicles and we take those purposely um, so that we can navigate and have radar and all the resources that we need, um, you know, to make adjustments if we ever need to. So yeah, I would I would start with basic. Go back to the basics. Go to your go to your hand analysis. See what the fronts look like see what the soundings look like surface of the sea surface temperatures and you know then then you can get an idea on a better idea on steering in terms of intensification it's just really hard i mean we've seen that this year um storms in recent times most storms seem to be intensifying all the way up to landfall and that is a trend that we've seen really since harvey i mean since it hit the you know, southeast coast of Texas, even before that, really, you know, you had Matthew and uh, Dorian and, you know, just it's been a trend and it's, it's a nasty trend. All right, everybody. Hey, that's the sound. It's time for our lightning round. Gentlemen, this is our game show of flashy and brilliant questions <laughs> that we always get to play with our guests. Um, tonight, we're, we're, we're pulling back because we're, we're going to have some fun here with, with the entire group tonight. Uh, we are playing... Uh, if you can see this, Late Night Family Feud. <laughs> wow. Family Feud Late yeah. Night Edition. 
So that's why I was joking earlier when you guys mentioned something about after hours and all of that. So here's what we're going to do. Brandon and Brett, since you guys do so much together, you're going to be one family. Okay. And then uh, the freaks, you're, you're the other family. So this, this is how we're playing it. So I'm going to start the first question, uh, Brett and Brandon. I'm going to start with you guys, and, and I'll tell you um, I'll tell you what it is. You can give me an answer, then you can keep it before you get three strikes, um, or you can pass it, right? And then they would have to try and get them all before three strikes, just like Family Feud. Does that make sense? Yeah. So who's, who's right. the dad of our family? That's the question. Oh. Who's your daddy? Who's your Maz. daddy? So here we go. So, Brett, I'm going to start with you for the uh, Brett and Brandon family team, whatever. <laughs> Brady just wants an allowance. Um, That's all. Top six answers on the board. Name something people do because of their midlife crisis. Buy a car. B- buy a car. Very good. That was number one. That is number one. So uh, two, three, four, five, and six still on the board. So you can choose, guys, to keep it. Or you can pass it. What do you want to do, Brett? Uh, we'll keep it. Yeah, keep we're it. too right, middle-aged Brandon, guys, so come on, bring it on. Brandon, we're going to you. Name something people do because of their midlife crisis. Buy a car is already on the board. Uh, makeover. Makeover. Oh. That nice. is six. They change their hair or get a makeover. I did that. I changed my hair uh, a few years back. Which one? So, Yep, exactly. All right, so you got two. No strikes. Brett, we're back to you. Something people do because of their midlife crisis. All right. I got the number one on the board. Get a divorce. <laughs> you already have number that. one on the board with buy a car, but divorce is number three. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. So you got one and three. So what's still available is, is two, four, and five, Brandon. Two, four, and five still on the board. I'm going to go with what leads to that divorce and affair. That is number oh, two. Oh, You're exactly oh, correct. That's what leads four four, to the baby. divorce. That was number two. All right, so four and five are the only ones left, Brett. Oh, What man. else do you do because of your midlife crisis? We're from the South, so I know that we'll always get railed over buying a boat. Buying a boat? Good. <laughs> oh. not, not on there. First strike. Brandon? Oh, Start traveling or change a behavior. What what was that? Start to start to travel or change some type of behavior. That's kind of two. That's kind of two. Yeah, yeah, why don't you go for three? Let's put Pick three in there. Just uh... travel. Whoa! You got you got travel. Nice. Killing so Brett, me, uh, we're back to you. Only one left. Oh. Only one strike. I want to help you know them this. out. You, you you were you were kind of pretty close with your last one. I was close. Uh, buy a house. You, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you. Because so a- after I looked at it, you said buy a boat. It's spend or shop, spend or shop. Oh, but I, I thought you yeah, buy a boat. I suppose that's kind of spending. So I'll give that to wow, you. All right. Good. So you guys went all the points on that one. Here's the next one, uh, Maz. I'm gonna start with you. Okay. <laughs> Name something that immediately kills the mood. Name something <laughs> that immediately kills the mood. Children. Ooh. Number one, number Good one. Job. So do you? So Mads, you guys want to keep this or pass it? Keep it. Well, keep Gregel it? says keep it. So yeah, we're All gonna right. keep it. All right, we're keeping it, Greg. We're going to you. Wow. Something kills something that kills the mood. 
So I'm an expert at killing the mood. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to say a phone call, Phil. That is wow. number three on the board. Phone ringing. Very good. One and three. All right, Brady. Uh, two, four, five, six, seven on the board. I don't know, like a political conversation or something? Oh, that was mine. Oh. Oh, well, that's oh. good. I'm, I'll only All give right. you I'm one shocked. strike, even though you said that was yours, Jen. All right, okay. that's not on the board. MJ. Talking. Talking. <laughs> I don't know. You can kind of have some dirty talk that kind of helps the mood a little bit. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm going to give you a buzzer on that. He hasn't you remember the car, would you? Two, two strikes. All right, Jen. Oh, What's gosh. killing the mood? This is it, guys. I need, I need help from my team, my family. No, you can't. You got that's it. Not how, that's not you. how it works. No, my. Oh, I didn't realize. Family that's feud. Family feud. Family feud. You yeah, can't ask for strikes? help yet. You got it. It's on you. Jen, you know she should know every answer to this question. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> what kills the mood, Jen? Oh. Brett, I know we've known each other for like ten years. Um, oh my god. Uh, so kids, phone call. Um, I honestly, I, God, I was thinking politics so bad. Um, like who? Like. I don't even get like where's that gonna come up? Politics, but... politi- anytime politics are polarizing these things. All right, so yeah, but, like, when is that oh, coming God. up? When the like when you're in the mood, hey, like, darling. <laughs> oh man, who'd you vote for? Exactly. Uh, was that three strikes? <laughs> that was three. Strikes. That was three. All right. So Brandon oh. and Brett, we are back to you guys. What kills the mood? What's already on the board is number one: kids interrupting. And number three, phone ringing. Should we go with parents or gas, Brett? <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both. Gassy parents. That's hilarious. <laughs> yes. Good one. What's it going to be? Big one. Parents. Parents. Oh, wow. very good. That was number seven. That was number now, seven. Apparently. Let's see what else is on the board. Fart. There's your gas. There's your what gas. What the heck? Uh, number four, argument or fight. Oh, okay. Uh, number five, bad breath. Oh, wow. Uh, number six, doorbell. Doorbell. All right. Last one, Brett, we're back to you. Here we go. Last one. Now top, uh, what do we got? Top seven answers on the board. Name something you like to do naked. Oh, Name something you like to do. Now, this doesn't have to be you. I don't want to know what you like to do naked. The, the people they survey. That's yeah. I need to pass to Brandon on this one. Um, Actually, it is. Actually, it is. I'm sorry. It's Brandon. I'm going to yeah, start with shower. Brandon. I started with you last time. Brandon, your call. Shower. Shower. <laughs> All right. Number one on the board is bathe or shower. So you've got uh, the other six still on the board. Brett? Oh, do you guys want I mean, to keep it or pass? What do you think, Brandon? I mean, I think we can keep it. That's what I was about to say. All right. You guys guys know all about the naked activities of other people. All right. Go ahead, Brett. Well, I mean, you got Mississippi and Alabama, man, here. We're we're pretty good. We know what's up. Well, actually, Florida man's in the the living area. You got it covered. You guys got it covered. (laughs) And he's naked. Uh, Yeah, he's probably doing what my number two answer is going to be, sleeping. Sleeping. (laughs) Number two on the board. Very good. Don't, Don't say number two. All right. Oh. All right, Brandon. There you go, Brandon. It's hard to do it without or without being naked, but sex. Sex. 
All right, that's number four. So you got one, two, and four. Number four. You still got oh, four man. left, Brett. Was that four? Yeah, I don't know. That's what I was about. Seth, going to be number one. Uh, uh, oh. Our our Patreon member Josh is chiming in. He's saying Storm Chase naked. <laughs> hey, oh. look! Boy. Don't tempt us with a good time. <laughs> anyway, the naked chase. Um. Oh no, no, no! Please don't start that All right, trend. One, we two, don't and four on the board. Um, you got four left. Um. Let's see. I'm afraid. Uh, man. Hit him with the buzzer, Phil. That doesn't get it, Sammy. Get it, Sammy. First ah. strike, Brandon, back to you. Skinny dip. Swim. That's number three. So you got the yeah, top that took, four. That took my hot tub away, so I was thinking hot tubs. Oh, okay, there's crazy. there's three more at the bottom. People like to do naked. Man, this is hard. I mean, some people are crazy. Go to the bathroom. Ooh. All right. Ooh. Two sure, strikes. some people do, but uh, I mean, no one on my, the survey I, I, did. I, I had like a six-year-old. I mean, I mean, he ran around however he wanted to. So. <laughs> All right, so that's two, Brandon. Streak. Two strikes. Ah, that was. What mine. was that? What did you say? Streak. Streak. At a football game. That's oh, not it. All right, we're going to the freaks. Uh, freaks, you can talk amongst yourself. Maz, you're going to be the final answer. There's still f- uh, three on the board. What do you think? Dance? What? Something, like to, do? something you like to do naked. Dance. Washing the good. dishes? Like, are we doing Roller random blade. things? Ooh, vacuuming. Yeah, vacuuming, vacuuming is cleaning? another one. Washing the dishes. You fishing? What do you think? I'm telling you, it's rollerblading. <laughs> oh, you don't want to do it fishing. <laughs> no. No. What about squatting? Squatting naked? <laughs> don't want to hook All right, arm. Maz. We need an answer. <laughs> Washing dishes, uh, cleaning, I feel like. It has to be something with cleaning. Okay. Yeah, it's got to be something alone in your home. All right, some sort of cleaning or vacuuming. All right, cleaning. Wow. Wow. You got it. That was number six. Everybody visit Jen. You guys missed sunbathing. Sunbathing. Oh, Oh, of course. And then uh, probably, and and I think I heard you guys mention, someone mentioned this, and it might might have been Brett's son, but uh, dancing. Dancing naked. Yeah, yeah, Maz got that one. Let's do this, gentlemen. uh, Brett, I'll start with you. Where where can our listeners find you on social media? Yeah. All right, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Alice Storm Tracker, um, Facebook, Meteorologist Brett Adair is my public profile page, and then uh, YouTube. Go look at Live Storms Media YouTube. I think you got it on in the background back there. Um, Lots of videos. We're about to crank out all kind of content from this Lake Effect deal, and uh, yeah, that's where you can find us. All right, Brandon, how about you? WX Chasing. So WX short for weather chasing, all one word. And you can find me on all platforms using that. Very good. All right, tell you what, we're calling all weather enthusiasts. Uh, You can join the AMS Weather Band and become a part of the American Meteorological Society, whose members have been at the forefront of weather, water, and climate research for over 100 years. Uh, any any of you AMS members or have been before? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yep. Okay, multiple people. Cool. So this, I think this is really cool because it's a great way for weather nerds, weather weenies, right, to, to really get involved with uh, AMS. 
Here's what it says. It says you'll get to go behind the scenes with the 10,000 plus scientists, broadcasters, educators, and researchers of the AMS. So the AMS Weather Band, that's that's this group, this program. Uh, it brings together weather professionals and weather enthusiasts. Uh, band members can grow their knowledge and appreciation of weather and climate by participating in virtual events, which, which is always easy to do, right? Online discussions, they've got Q&As, AMAs, webinars, photo contests, which uh, they just completed a photo contest. Uh, jump on Twitter, check this out. Uh, one of our uh, friends of the show, Jeremy Boward, uh, actually won uh, or second or something like that in their photo contest, which is really cool. Uh, AMS Weather Band, it gives you the opportunity to interact directly with those in the scientific community. Uh, you can learn more and join the band today at amsweatherband.org. So we're going to go ahead and take our final break, and uh, we're going to be coming back with some weather fools. <laughs> This is Josh Morgerman, better known as Hurricane Man, and you're listening to Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Let's take a drive under the moon tonight. Welcome back to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Wow. Welcome back to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Who is that? That's the who. Who am I? I'm Storm Eagle, uh, Brady Harris. What is this? Uh, guys, this is Weather Fools, and I think this is my favorite part of the show. Actually, this show is pretty great, so maybe this is my second favorite part of the show. But this is where us as the freaks are going out on the web, on the dark web, as Phil likes to say. We're looking for videos, photos, whatever we can find of someone doing something not so smart, and it deals with the weather. Phil, I understand you have some weather fools this week. Who I do, I do, and I didn't, I didn't, uh, didn't have to go to the dark web to find it either. Um, <laughs> like totally. we don't, Brady, we don't normally go to the dark web for weather fools. This stuff I you can just feel, you can I, find on social media. Some of the weather fools you got, I just they they've got to come from the dark <laughs> web. I don't see so <laughs> so this this is uh, from Twitter, NWS State College Office, and they're talking about snow squalls folks and and this is uh definitely uh probably happening in all kinds of places but watch this video of of a, a vehicle car dash cam following uh these trucks and following these vehicles and all of a sudden the squall hits i mean it immediately hits oh my and god you see oh my vehicles god all that over the place oh holy my crap god. you're just trying to dodge this car's trying to dodge everything <laughs> oh my oh there god. goes another one. truck oh my god another one tipping Oh my gosh. What a great commercial though. Like, I mean, if, if anything's going to give you the experience of being in a multi-car pileup, that's the video. Amazing. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. And really scary. So, yeah. So guys, be very, be aware of that. Uh, You know, what's great is the national weather service now actually has uh, warnings for snow squalls and things like that. So just be aware guys, when this happens, it's going to be whiteout conditions immediately. So just be careful of that. And then this one comes from uh, Twitter, Safety Alerts Minnesota. And so this is no different. Winter weather, uh, roads can get icy as well. So you're going to watch a a vehicle coming down the highway. So this is one of these highway cams. You're going to watch a vehicle coming. What's that? 
This just happened recently. Yeah. Do you know where it is? No. I, where know. it was? Okay. But I mean, you can uh, see anyway, how watch, icy. Watch, oh, watch this car coming. The yeah. There it goes. Oh, no. oh, oh my no. goodness. Oh, now it's facing traffic. Has time to quick turn around and get going again. Wow. Oh, my God. That was so, so lucky. lucky. Like, no. this oh, is an audio God. audio podcast. Oh. So if you're listening oh, to this, you really have to go uh, check this, out yes. the show notes and see this because this is unbelievable. And Donut there's a semi the truck, like, right behind him that misses him. As he does a 180, and then he backs up, does it, turns around to do a 180, get going back down the highway. He wasn't even phased. I mean, he almost got you know planted, just like you know what, I'm all right. Um, I guarantee, I guarantee, there's a Hershey squeeze on the seat of his. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) Oh my god! Oh my god! When you do it, you'll know. Yeah, (laughs) those were good. Those were real. Like you have to go watch those. Those are insane. Uh, I agree. I agree. Well, uh, you're gonna see all those on StormfrontFreaks.com, but we're not done quite yet. Greg, (laughs) I understand you have some weather fools. Yeah, I got a couple fun ones here. These come from uh, the Weather Channel's uh, Instagram account. And uh, before I play the video, I want you to read what the Weather Channel said. Selfie reminder, watch out for waves. This is a couple trying to get the uh, the ultimate selfie. And here comes the wave behind them. There it is. (laughs) We could all all see it coming, but they couldn't. Yeah, I, and you know, there's a great message in there too about you know, like they said, selfie reminder, like uh, be smart about it. You know, it's not worth uh, the selfie. My second one, though, uh, I think is really quite amazing, and I don't know if this is a weather fool, Phil, so you can uh, scold me later. But watch these guys; they're fishing on a boat, and this shark jumps out of the water and lands on the boat. Oh no! Look at that. Now, I don't know if you guys can oh my imagine anything more terrifying than that, but uh, I, I thought that was a pretty cool one. That's total Josh right there. On the boat. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, this, this shark is Naked. literally on the is at the bow of the ship. Like, yeah, how are they going to get it off? Uh, he got off on his own. They said so. Uh, uh, no harm done. No, I guess as they say, no harm, no foul. But uh, still terrifying. Right, well, looks like he was moving too hard to get off. <laughs> yeah. He was looking for a free ride. Yeah, he was sunbathing yeah. naked on the bow of the boat. <laughs> All right, now my, my, my third one uh, comes from North Dakota. And uh, last week, uh, North Dakota, like Minnesota, like up here in, in the Canadian Plains, lots of ice, lots of snow. And these guys are out golfing at a driving range. <laughs> and uh, uh, ice golf. built up on the netting. And watch the net, oh, there it's going. Uh, the, you know, collapses all the way around, uh, along, oh like gosh. almost like like dominoes. And uh, I guess the real weather fool here is the guys that are still out golfing in this. Yeah. <laughs> Look it's at like that! Glass they must have been covered with ice, huh? It yeah. had to be. Had to just be, the yeah, weight, yeah. the weight of all that. It, and they it was just the weight collapsed. of the ice. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. a top golf, I think, Greg. Brady, you'd, like. you'd be top golfing in weather like that. Still. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> hey, those bays are heated. You know, they they got drinks, they got you know snacks coming to you, and they're heated. Like what? What else could you ask for? You know. Well, as far as yeah. I'm concerned, they're weather fools. You know what? Stay indoors. Stay by the fire. Have a drink of whiskey and uh, stay out of the cold weather. Here you go, Greg. That that was those are uh, some pretty great ones. I think. Uh, well, well, I think I'm the last one. I'll go ahead and wrap it up here. 
some of you guys have may have seen this, and, and the only reason why I bring this one up um, is because I actually am a street away from this, and I met this lady today, and I uh-huh. saw that we were doing the the tropical storm show, and so I wanted to show it. This was this was during Hurricane Ian. Um, there was a lady that was trapped in her car, and and this was in the middle of the storm surge, and this is a you know fireman essentially breaking her window to rescue her. Um, and, and apparently she had been stuck in her car for a couple of hours, uh, and was oh, wow. uh, you know, just in the middle of the hurricane, just That's waiting to be water. rescued. Um, it's gotta and, have and pruny the, toes. I bet her toes are all yeah. pruned up. Yeah. yeah. Well, no cause kidding. the water is up to almost her windshield, uh, for those that are watching. So, so, you know, the water in the car is probably, you know, I think it's probably in her ankles or up to her knees. And I, you know, couldn't even imagine that, but apparently she was saying she was trying to escape the surge. Um, but just got caught in it, and, okay. and you know. Hope a shark doesn't jump up on the hood. No kidding. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah. Right? Her, oh my god! Her car must not have been working when they called for the evacuation. I suppose. Uh, I yeah, bet yeah. Exactly. Started. Yeah, she was saying as soon as she saw the water coming, she's like, "I probably need to get out," and it was just like, <laughs> it just came up so fast. That, that I think that's, that's a reminder a when you get an evacuation, just get out. You know. Yeah. That's a sign. Wow. wow. Well, cool, guys. Um, that uh, I think that about does it for Weather Fools. So we're going to have the links to these at stormfrontfreaks.com. Look for episode 171 in the show notes. Back to you, Phil. Very good. Well, hey, folks, I think that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. So thanks for listening or watching. And before we announce the guest of our next show, if you like the show, don't forget to follow the show on your podcast player so you get notified and receive the latest episodes of our show delivered right to your library the moment they get released. Find all the podcast player options at stormfrontfreaks.com and please help us out and send a friend your favorite episode. And guys, you can also subscribe to our YouTube page and you can watch previous versions of our recordings of the Stormfront Freaks Raw which is completely unedited. I mean completely. You can hear all of the great conversations during the break, great questions from our VIP guests, and who knows what else is, is beeped out or edited out of our audio podcast. Thank you, MJ, for doing that, by the way. You, you can find a link at stormfrontfreaks.com. And also visit our website to find our Patreon link to check out all the ways we can do more together while supporting the show. <clears throat> visit stormfrontfreaks.com to find the Patreon link to join the team, our raw broadcasts, have access to lots of merch, and or even become one of our limited VIPs. And join us in the studio with our guests on every show. That's stormfrontfreaks.com, right? And special thanks to our guests, yeah, Brett Adair and Brandon it, but... Clement. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we had a good time with them. Let's, uh, Freaks, let's find out how people can follow you as well. Brady, I'll, I'll start with you. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram and uh, TikTok, although actually I haven't been on TikTok lately. But uh, more on Instagram, uh, Columbus Weather with Brady. All right, Greg? Uh, Tornado Greg on social media. And if you're interested in learning more about your camera, you can check out my teaching website for photography, cameraeasy.ca. Uh, and and hey, uh, I see you got a bunch of merch too. I talked to you about that the other day. Where where do people get your uh, 
Yeah, uh, you can actually head on over to tornadohunter.com and uh, I've got lots of cool merch t-shirts and hats and all that kind of stuff. Uh, thank you for the plug, Phil. No, that's cool. <laughs> I liked it. So, uh, Jen, how about you? Where are people finding you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at jwatson underscore WX and then Instagram and TikTok at jenniferweather and then jenniferweather.com. All right, MJ. Still hanging out on Twitter for now anyway. At Mark Stormpod, M-A-R-C. Until midnight tonight. Yes. I know. Uh, Maz. And I'm right behind MJ there on Twitter at uh, Money Storm, the number four, and the letter U. It's just you'd, you'd find if Twitter disappeared, you'd probably find out in a month or two. <laughs> what I would at imagine. Right. Am I missing something? Yeah, they think Twitter might shut down Brady. <laughs> that, oh, that's fantastic. This is like Y2K all over again. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. So, and, and you can find me. I'm usually tweeting uh, on our on our uh, Twitter site as well at Stormfront Freak. Uh, that's where you can find me. Right on. Well, next episode, guys, we're going to be back recording live after the holiday, December eighth with part two of our Tropical Storm training series. Now, tonight's show, tonight show was awesome, but next show is even going to be that much better. We got Hurricane Superstars, Jim Cantori, and Josh Morgerman will be with us in studio to discuss forecasting landfall and where are you going to target the eyewall. Patreon members can join our raw video recording live and, edited pod, and the edited podcast will be available to everyone else on Sunday. Very good. I think that about does it. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear for Brady, Greg, Jen, MJ, Maz, uh, and of course, Angela and Dan as well. We'll catch you guys next time. Good night, everybody. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. And watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive storm chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.